So fantastic to have you along at church this morning. Now, I'm going to be talking to you this morning. My message is entitled, The Promise, Standing on His Promise. Um, earlier in the week, I was just um, thought I'd look up the words for that old hymn, Standing on the Promises. So I'm just going to read a little bit of that to you this morning. <clears throat> standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I now can see. Perfect, present, cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's word, standing on the promises of God. Awesome words, eh? I think that was written about 1886. I just actually left that part out. But I just want to tell you a little bit about the story behind that song. Um, So the composer was a guy called Russell Carter. Um, who lived from 1849 to 1928. He was a star athlete of a military academy and an excellent student. He went on to be a successful teacher and coach. He then spent several years as an ordained Methodist minister, and after that he went to medical school. He spent the last of his professional years as a doctor of medicine. He was also a musician and songwriter, so a man of amazing talents here. Um, So he wrote this song while he was serving as a professor at a military academy. Um, Although he was a professed Christian for most of his life, it wasn't until a crisis with his natural heart that he began to understand the reality and the power of Bible promises. At age 30, his health was in critical condition and the doctors couldn't do any more for him. He turned to God for help and healing, and he knelt and made a promise to fully consecrate himself to the service of the Lord, that healing or no healing, his life was finally and forever God's. It was from that moment that the written word of God became alive to him. And over the course of the next several months, his strength returned and his heart was completely healed. He lived another healthy 49 years. I think it's just worth noting that he wrote this hymn before his healing took place. Got good news for you this morning. Jesus is our promise. Now at this time of year, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Um, And today, let's celebrate the fact that his birth means that promises are fulfilled for us today. His very arrival even on this planet is a fulfillment of promise. Um, In Isaiah chapter 9, there's awesome verses here. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Even before Jesus was born on this planet, there were so many people that held on to the promise of Jesus for thousands of years waiting for his arrival. Um, Mary as well, Jesus' mother, when the angel spoke to her, the Bible says that she treasured those things in her heart. She held them close to her. Now, the way Jesus lived on this planet fulfilled promises. Then also the way that he suffered through punishment and death and then his resurrection fulfilled still more promises for us today. In Jesus, all of God's promises are fulfilled. 
Let's take a moment. Pause on there. All his promises are fulfilled. Jesus Christ paid the price once and for all for all of us. He paid the price so that we could be free. We could be free from sin. And the Bible says in Romans, for the wages of sin is death. And there's a but. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is the fulfillment and he made the way for every single promise of God to be fulfilled for us. He gave us full access to these promises, full benefit of them. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I think that will be up there in a minute, says, For as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes. So through him we say our amen to the glory of God the word of God right there. Through Jesus, all the promises of God are fulfilled. And it's as we agree with those promises that we're actually giving glory to God. It's like an act of worship for us to God when we say amen to those. We talk about seeing Jesus get his full reward. And I think one way that we can actually do that is just by saying amen to his word. So the word amen here um, in this verse means to take care, to be faithful, reliable, or established, or to believe someone or something. So when we say amen to the promises of God, it's like we're saying, yes, they are reliable. They are faithful. We believe them. We're telling these promises to be established. Just want to touch on for a moment, we have three parts, our body, our soul, and our spirit. So we are the spirit. That's our very core part. And we have a soul, which is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, and then we live within a body. And when we give our lives to God, now he comes in, he lives within us, he puts his spirit, um, his Holy Spirit inside our spirits as, it, as his deposit in us. And that part of us, our spirit, is able to be in direct communion and relationship with God. That's cool, and that's easy, that bit. It's the, the next bit that's harder. It's getting our soul and our body on the same page as our spirit. Getting it to line up with what our spirit is telling us. And the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So transformation occurs as our thinking comes into line with what God says. And this cool quote from Bill Johnson that um, God brings to mind for me when I need to hear it. And it's this, I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that God doesn't have about me. It's a challenging statement, but it's so true. If our minds are filled with negative stuff, with the doubts, with the what ifs, then we're going to live that way as well. Um, we're going to stay trapped. We're not going to be free. And we're not able, going to be able to live the life that God has for us. Now, his heart is for each one of us to live in freedom, to live a full life, to live a life of fulfillment, to live in the knowledge of his love and of who we are in him. So let's just take a moment and just think about the reasons why we need the promises of God. There's two very simple reasons, I believe. And the first one is for ourselves, just because we need it to live our best lives. It's for freedom that Jesus has died to set us free. And Jesus says, I came that you may have life, abundant life. And we can't live this free, abundant life without standing on the truth of the Word of God. Now, whatever we focus on is magnified. If we were to stare at one of these snowflakes for a while, then that would be all we see, and then everything else around would kind of blur out, and that would just be what's in our vision. The same thing if we get a mark on our clothes and and we go and look in the mirror, that's all that we notice um, and that's what we think everyone else is looking about. Same way with our vision. So what are we focusing on today? So use the word of God for yourself. Find the promises, the words of life that you need for you and you have permission just to be really selfish here. 
okay? This is for you. This is between you and God. And be specific. You know, find the ones that you need for a particular issue or season or just um, time in your life. I guess maybe the same way that we take medications. You know, we take a medication for a certain sickness um, at a certain time. um, And we can do the same with the Word of God. You know, find those specific things. Use them when we need them. Google things. Google's fantastic. Bible Gateway is a great website. Um, There's others as well, but you can just type in like a a word. Maybe it's peace or something like that, and you'll get a whole list of verses on that topic. Um, For me, I have had um, a few different books on where I've just taken like a journal, written at the top a theme. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's joy. Um, this particular one, that I've got a photocopy of this page because my book's on loan at the moment. Um, this was Verses Against Fear. So I wrote that at the top, and then I went through and found the Bible verses that um, were really cool for me on that. So I just want to read you a few just to give you an example. This is against fear. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and out- help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. I myself will help you, declares the Lord. And God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. That's just one way we can do it. Another thing I've got here I just wanted to show you this morning is this very cool box. And inside it, a lovely friend of mine from church here has given me a whole list, uh, like a whole heaps, sorry, of verses like this. There's heaps and heaps of them, or just promises of God, just truth from God. So there's a heap of these in here. So we just have this sitting out and trying to get into the habit of encouraging our kids just to come along and, you know, just make this fun, take a lucky dip and pull out a, pull out a verse and then just to start reading it. So I'll read you this one. Um, the eternal glory that is in store for you far surpasses your present troubles. And that's taken from Second Corinthians. So there's a whole lot of cool things in here that are just promises that um, can stand on and believe on. Um, we have a blackboard at home too. And on that blackboard we have um, a verse. Now get the word of God in front of you, literally in your face. You need to be seeing the word of God. You know, we can be hearing it, we can be reading it, but just keep it in front of you continually. So how do we actually use these promises in our lives? Um, this isn't a passive process, okay? I'm going to talk about three ways that we need to use these, um, his word and his promises in different seasons, and I think that they reflect different kind of levels of intensity um, in our life. So the first one, which we've already talked a little about, is agreeing. You know, we read these promises and we say, yes and amen, I agree. And at times it's just enough to do that, just to read them through and say, yep, um, just an example I was thinking about last night, just relating it to our own life and um, with our kids. Um, this can happen a wee bit in our household, not with anybody sitting in the front row usually, but other people. So I'm just going to put a, um, another name in here. So it might sound something like this. Um, George, please set the table now. George, can you set the table now, please? George, set the table. George, table now. <laughs> Might, you know, we might just be raising our voice a little bit at the end there. But it doesn't matter how many times we say it, if they're not in agreement with us, it's just not going to happen. It's not until they actually acknowledge us and say yes that we know that they've heard it for a start. And then it's not until they've heard it that they can actually take ownership for themselves. And then hopefully we will see the next step happen. 
The second way is through standing. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to put on the armor of God so that we can stand, and after we've done everything else, just to keep standing. Now, circumstances around you may be saying the opposite, but you know that you're carrying his truth, you're carrying his salvation in your heart, then just stand. When you know his word to be true, just stand on it. Now, it may be just kind of like, almost like putting your foot on it, stamping on it and saying, this ground is mine, I'm not backing down. Acknowledge what's going on, um, you know, that it may be hurting what's happening around you. But, don't forget the but there, but God's word says, you know, just like Jesus did when he's tempted in the desert. You know, God's word says. Um, praise is another powerful tool in here. So our bodies and souls may be protesting, but I don't feel like praising God today. Um, but as we allow our spirits to rise up, there's a shift that happens in us. And we become alive again to God. His word flows through us. You know, King David, he's an awesome example of that. He'd be pouring out his heart to God, saying how horrible his life was and how his enemies were attacking him on all sides and, you know, life was tough. And then he would have his but, though. But, God, I will keep praising you. And he would call to mind. He would remember the times that God had already rescued him before. And he declared out the truth of God's word and of who he is. Now, the third thing we might need to do is actually fight with the word of God. The process of having the word of God become our own truth can actually be hard work. And at times you're going to need to use God's word like a weapon, you know, become that warrior prince or princess. It may take time and a lot of fight, even when it feels like the very last thing that you feel like doing. The freedom on the other side is so worth it. I know that to be true myself. You know, our spirits are great. They know that God's word is true, um, but our souls can take a little bit more convincing. Be prepared for the fight. Now, when we've lived with a lie for long enough, it's almost like it becomes our own truth, our own personal truth, even when it is a lie, and that will need to be shifted. And I think the most powerful way to do this is with the truth of God. So take the truth, read it, meditate on it. That just means think about it. Read it again, meditate on it again, and ask the Holy Spirit to make it living and alive to you. It may mean reading the same verses over and over you know, for days, for weeks, for months, whatever you need to do. And even if they don't feel for, true for you at the time, but keep it up. Eventually you'll have them memorized and eventually they will become your truth as well. Speak them out loud. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And I believe that part of what this means is that the Word of God is so powerful and so accurate that it can kind of come in and dig in and dig out the parts of, um, the, of us, the things we've been le- believing that are not God's truth. You know, those parts that have become so much a part of who we are that we actually don't know what's truth and what's not. The Word of God can separate that stuff out for us as we allow it to so that the lie can be realized and we can understand the truth for ourselves. God uses others to walk this with us too, and he made us to do this journey together. But it's actually going to be his power and his truth that will really transform us and bring us into freedom. Be specific as you use the word of God. Like I mentioned earlier, specific ammunition at specific times at specific targets. A second reason why we need the word of God, this one's really exciting, is for others. You know, the creative, life-giving power of God is released as we declare out the truth. 
The words we speak have power. You know, Glenn spoke a few weeks back about releasing the prophetic through our lives and into others, speaking words of life into tricky situations or maybe pulling out the gold inside other people. God has given us the authority and I think the commission to do this. Proverbs 18 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Now, James chapter 3, there's a really good um, verses in here about the tongue. So we're going to read them to you. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. Just focus on that bit. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything. Now, for most of us, it would have been a time in our lives where somebody said words to us that have cut us and maybe brought about some destruction in our lives. Um, And we can see the effects of that negative stuff, of those words. And there'll be other times in our lives where people have come and spoken words of life into us, spoken the right word at the right time that's really lifted us. Now just imagine for a moment, imagine the effects of each one of us believing God's word and speaking it out, speaking it out into the sphere, into the influence of people that we have around us. Imagine the combined, and I think exponential effect, as each one of us does this for our region. Bill Johnson says in the Culture of Honour um, book, um, just read this quote to you, we, with our speech, we design and alter our environment. Realities are created that didn't exist a moment earlier through simple proclamations. With this tool, we can build up or tear down, edify or discourage, give life or destroy it. The declared word has the capacity to resource earth with heaven's resources. Just think about that for a minute. The declared word has the capacity to resource earth with heaven's resources. As we speak out God's word, earth is resourced with provision straight from heaven. Our words have creative power. The power of life is in the tongue. And right back at the beginning of time, God spoke and things happened. Let's just look a little bit at Genesis. This is exciting. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. goes on to say, um, And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above. And it was so. And it goes on in the rest of Genesis. And God said, he was speaking. And then it happens, dot, dot, dot. And it was so. My Bible has a note at the bottom which says, The picture of the original state of the earth is relieved by the majestic announcement that the mighty Spirit of God hovers over creation. The announcement anticipates God's creative words that follow. When God speaks, stuff happens. Something has to happen. In Isaiah it says, As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word has power and he promises that every word that he speaks will accomplish what he desires it to accomplish. It doesn't come back without having caused an effect. 
And there's that verse in Hebrews again that says the word of God is living and active. Now, it's not something like an object that we use once, maybe like a paper towel or something. We just wipe up a mess and throw it out. God's word is not like that. And it's not like something like your favorite dessert that you can eat it and enjoy it until it's all eaten up. And then that's it. His word, whether it's a Bible verse or just something that he's spoken to us, is every bit as alive and powerful today as the time it was first spoken, whether that was thousands of years ago or minutes ago. Time and again, you know, right throughout the Bible, we have examples of God speaking and exciting stuff happening. Jesus was continually speaking and seeing miracles released. Now he said to the man with leprosy, be clean, and he was. To the paralyzed person, get up, take up your mat and go home, and he did. To the widow's son, he said, young man, I say to you, get up, and he did. To the crippled woman, woman, you are set free from your infirmity, and she was. And to the blind man, receive your sight, your faith has healed you, and he did, and there's so many more. Um, There's a guy by the name of Bishop Joseph Garlington, who's a pastor in America, and just a quote from him. He says that nothing happens in the kingdom until something is said. And you might be thinking, but what about the time when I said this? Or, but what about that situation? No, be real with that. We need to be okay with saying, but God, what about this? And God, but it hurts. And, but I haven't seen what I wanted to see. Be totally okay with that. And at times, all you need to do is actually throw yourself in his arms. There's times when that's all he's asking you to do. There's times too when the battle is so hard that you're actually just going to need others to speak those words of life over you. You're not going to be able to do it for, you, for yourself. That's okay. That's good. Um, last Saturday night, I had a time when I just needed to be really real with um, Glenn and with God. And um, it was a time to cry and just acknowledge the toughness of the um, few weeks before that when we said goodbye to my grandma and to some other very special people who were connected to Thrive in some way. Now, we didn't see the ultimate outcome of what we'd been, le- been believing for, for them, health and wholeness on this side of heaven. And with that, and still not having seen some of the breakthroughs I'm believing God for for others, I just needed to acknowledge the fact that I was actually feeling a bit raw inside and disappointed and just had that wee bit of feeling that my faith um, around the promises of God had just been knocked a little bit. So I just talked to God about it. All I really said, nothing flowery, it was just, God, I just hand this stuff over to you. I hand over all the emotions, what I've been feeling lately, um, and just the sting of it all, the doubts, everything that had been going on, I just said, God, I give it to you. And the next day I just realized that I woke up and I just felt lighter again, um, as though something had lifted. And I just felt this new determination in me again to see God's kingdom, his love and his goodness, his power, his health, his wholeness, his truth being established on this planet of wanting to see Jesus get his full reward, the reward of everything that he suffered and died for. So all that to say, it's okay to be real. You have permission. Now, we may not understand the side of heaven, but that does not change the character of who God is. His promises are truth. He never changed. His word is sure, and he is our good father. You know, Bill says, um, talks about not building a theology based around our own experiences. Our security or our theology... Our truth has to, has to be built around the character of who God is. So I'm going to touch for a little moment on authority. Um, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose will be loosed in heaven. 
No, there's power and declaration and the spoken word. Our words have the power to create. They have the power to create life. And it's not because of any power of our own, not because our words are just awesome or anything, but it's because of what Jesus has done for us. And it's because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside each and every one of us. Um, Last week, Glenn talked about the authority that we've been given, and he talked about the centurion and his servant. Um, the centurion was somebody, you know, it, said, it says in this um, recount that he was somebody that knew what it was to be under authority. And because of that, he knew how to operate under their authority, to act on their behalf. He also recognized that he was under Jesus' authority. So for us, we need to realize the authority that we've been given and to own it. Um, I believe it's a time for us to do this in our speech as well. Um, time to step up into the authority we have been given as his kids to release his kingdom in our lives and on this earth to the people around us. And our speech, I believe, speaking his truth, his words out is a way that we can start to do this. So let's stand on the promises of God and speak them into life. Let's remember that Jesus is our promise. He is the fulfillment of every promise for us. Um, just felt just something I wanted to share with you that I felt was um, for this church that um, God was telling me. Just for you guys today, you have what it takes. I have equipped you and resourced you to see my kingdom established on this planet. I have given you authority. Start. Start somewhere. Start in the territory that I've put in front of you, your family. Every word that I speak will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that for which I've sent it. Use my word, fight with it, and practice your accuracy. My kingdom is one of order and precision. Know what you're fighting for. Now just as we close today, just like everybody to stand, I just want to declare some promises of God over you this morning. Um, There may be some that I read out here that you just need to go, yep, I agree with that. Or there might be others that you actually need to just kind of like almost like stomp your foot on the ground and say, yeah, I'm standing on that. That's my territory. That's mine. Or for others of you, there may be some that you just need to take hold of and actually fight with them, take ownership of them and use them every day. I'm just going to read them over you this morning. Just if there's one or two that really apply to you, just um, grab them today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God is with me wherever I go. God watches over my coming and going. God is my light and my salvation. God is good. God blesses me with every spiritual blessing. God says to me, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. God says to me, I have chosen you and have not rejected you. My God will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You hem me in behind and before you have laid your hand upon me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. God says to me today, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. I will build you up again. By his wounds, I have been healed. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Before God formed me in the womb, he knew me. Before I was born, he set me apart. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 
God is my refuge and underneath are His everlasting arms. God's plans are to prosper me, to give me hope and a future. And I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves me. I'm going to pray for you guys quickly. Jesus, I just want to thank you for this amazing group of people, the incredible people who are part of Thrive. And God, I just declare your blessing over them today, your favour over them. God, for each one of us, Lord, where we need to just stand in agreement, God, show us how to do that. God, where we need to start fighting for things, Lord, fighting for the truth in our lives. And God, I just thank you for just the right truth to fight with. And God, for the revelation that needs to come into our spirits to make that truth alive within us. God, I just thank you, Jesus, that you are the fulfillment of every single promise. And I just thank you for those promises being realized within each one of us today, God, us understanding them. And God, I thank you for the courage to just step out and speak out your word. Even when circumstances around us may be saying the opposite, God, I thank you for courage to speak that stuff out. And God, I just thank you for the creative power that is going to be released and is being released through these people, God. Your creative power that is released as we speak your words of life into the spheres of people around us, God, into our region. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for who you are today, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean...